Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester and in today's episode we are talking about the grid edge. I'm joined today by Robert Claffus. He is the CEO of Digital Grid at Siemens Smart Infrastructure. Robert, thank you for joining us. Hey John, thank you very much for having me. It's great fun. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here with us. I think we're going to have a bit of fun in this conversation because you know the grid edge is one of these topics that that you know, five years ago, we weren't really talking about so much and it's evolving very quickly. Uh, so let's start there. Like, what, what is the grid edge? What do we mean when we when we say this phrase? Well, I think as the name kind of says, uh, you know, at the edge, uh, typically two things meet and create an edge. Um, and in this case, when you talk about the grid edge, on the one hand, it's the grid. So this is where uh, the infrastructure um, from power supply comes and meets at the end the consumption side and around that uh, point uh, where uh, the generation or the distribution and then the consumption meet there's a lot of interesting things that are happening now uh, particularly um, induced and fueled by the energy transition as uh, with the intake of more renewables into the grid um, with more generation that happens on the distribution level so the lower levels of the grid um, and, and that is close to the grid edge, or maybe even on the consumption side, right, where you have this other world of prosumers being created or popping mm -hmm. up um, that not only consume, but that also generate and then produce energy and feed back into the grid or on the consumption side, there's an exchange. So all of it creates a lot of dynamic around that point where these worlds come together. And that's why it's such an exciting place. And so many talk is happening about it, but also real things are happening. Yeah, and, and I think that's the that's the most exciting part when we have this conversation today is it's not just talk anymore. Things are really starting to happen, and and we're starting to see the benefits and the and the value that this you know, this evolution is bringing to to our industry at, at the consumer side, and and as you say, things like the evolution of of the prosumer, but also in from an energy perspective. Um, Let's have a little bit of a look at those values. If we talk about the grid edge and the impact that grid edge can bring, how do you how do you represent that from your perspective? Mm. Well, you know, there's. Let, let's start really from an from an overarching theme. Or what's what's the purpose, right? I think also at Siemens mm -hmm. we talk a lot about purpose and a lot around in industries, societies. It's about the purpose. And when you look at it, um, I, I started or we started to talk about more renewable generation being brought into the grid decentral way. Why is that happening? Uh, because we talk about decarbonizing mm -hmm. our societies, our energy systems. All right. So for me, that's mm -hmm. really uh, the main driver. And that's also the big change that we have seen now over the past decade, probably, and really accelerating further. Right. I think we're in an exponential phase where the importance um, is more and more clear. We just had a remarkable um, a court um, um, a verdict today by the German uh, federal, um, what is it, Verfassungsgericht, uh, I don't even know this, like the, the main court, right, the, 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 the court in Germany, <laughs> the superior court or whatever it is, um, it, that ruled that what the government defined in terms mm -hmm. of um, uh, CO2 reduction, environmental protection targets, um, was not binding enough and precise enough and brought it back to the government to rework this, right? So that's that's a major verdict and we see it everywhere happening. So for me, this main driver is really this decarbonization effort, uh, attempt, theme, goal that we have. Um, and that affects then uh, the businesses. And in our case, a smart infrastructure, both on the 
consumption side when it's about energy efficiency and others and then on the generation side or the supply side when it is about the renewable generation the integration into it how do you manage that complexity mm -hmm. so driver is the digital uh, is the the decarbonization that creates then these decentralized grids more decentralized generation and then we talk about digitalization and that's where i think we as a technology company as siemens then we come in with grid edge and we think also about solutions that are happening and then we have different types of values right there's on the one hand with sun wind uh, being major contributors to energy generation mm -hmm. no they're not as reliable or controllable at least as you have your fuel powered um, uh, rotating equipment right the, the, the clouds may come up wind may die down so this is where resilience come in um, then the other topic of sustainability of course already played a role Auto key independence plays for for some people role that's where you get emotional the grid edge is also not only about um, commercial economics also a lot of about emotional things and that's I think where you would would see the main benefits that I think we can create then with technology always driven by some underlying value drivers that are bigger than just an economic value yeah perfect so so decarbonization is the driver that's creating the purpose that's that's pushing us in this direction technology and digitalization at this meeting point between the consumer and and the the provider of, of the energy space is where this work is happening and, and where many of these exciting things are happening and you just mentioned mentioned a couple of really key topics uh, efficiency sustainability resilience and independence if you don't mind i'd like to jump in a little bit of detail in each of these and just understand you know how these are affected when we start to apply digitalization at this edge space and some of the values are, in, are examples of how that really looks for us. Um, so let's start uh, with efficiency. We talked about energy efficiency or you mentioned it. How, how does this drive that kind of application of technology at an edge space? Mm -hmm. Well, again, there also the, the the multitude of technology is interesting at the grid edge. And here, I think it is about bringing transparency on the consumption. It's very simple, the most simple way of starting to talk about efficiency to understand how much you consume. Um, if you look mm -hmm. at an example, right, an industrial plant, an industrial customer that runs a plant, um, it, the first thing is how much of, of, of power or energy do I consume? And then you go further down and we say, all right, can we get more specific in the process? Take they have a soldering uh, part or machine, they have um, a stamping mm -hmm. machine or others. So you get more granular and you figure out how much in the, for example, over the weekends in the down phases, if they're not running over the weekends in the shift, what is happening if it's in the standby phases? And we had great examples where the standby phases were consuming much more energy than uh, when the machine was running. And that doesn't make any sense, right? So then you go back with the operator or maybe even the operator gets then in touch with their machine supplier uh, to then go and implement actions to address it and then to bring down energy consumption, which at the end, uh, as an example, of course, then create efficiency on the CO2 footprint, um, the, 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 the sustainability aspect. But on the other end, of course, also in the wallet of the customer, because they don't need to pay that much energy anymore right, to their, their suppliers. And I think that's yeah. very tangible examples where, again, it starts with very simple things like monitoring, understanding. And then I think you get into an action mode that can be either then with more technology, automation, automated control, or you get into like a bit deeper even into certain things where you say, okay, I, I then 
change to some settings or I replace a machine or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think that's very open. I think that you, you don't need to be too narrow on that part then. No, definitely. And, and I think one of the things we see is that once you have that information, what you then apply uh, that information to and what decisions you make from it can be as broad ranging as your imagination to a certain extent. It, it's just getting that insight and then having the having the technology there to implement the decisions that you make, which really gets you to that next step. Mm -hmm. you, you already touched a little bit there on sustainability and, and you also in your, in your over, you uh, gave us a little bit of a, a you know, a hint about renewable energy and some of these different things that are also contributing to the decarbonisation. Yeah. How does that overall sustainability topic then link together with the resiliency? Mm -hmm. um, and, and give us another example like the one you just used. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll take two examples. Uh, one, I think a very, very obvious example, pick, pick some islands, right? There are a lot of islands around the world with... Um, in, if you compare it to, of course, large mainland cities or population, smaller populations, but considerable if you look at it. And uh, today still, many of those islands, they receive regular shipments of um, uh, fossil fuels to then fuel and keep their uh, diesel generations um, or other conventional generations running, right? And that is 24 hours. It's 24-7. I've, I remember that I've been, since I was a, a child, going to to some part of the world with some islands. And I remember there's this plant and it runs all the time, all the time, all day. It's a beautiful setting. You know, it's in a tropical area. And you would say, and you see the, you see the, the pollution going out like every second, 24-7, all year round. So what what the idea is here, and we have seen implementations um, in several places, several geographies, um, where the the islands also driven by their purpose, you know, finding say, oh, is it really good for us uh, to pollute? Um, for us, maybe we don't notice that much because there's wind in an island. Typically, uh, you won't uh, uh, smell it that strongly in the island itself. But you will see, okay, I have wind, I have sun. Uh, I sometimes have um, also some hydro or I can do some geothermal depending on the place. And we build in a, a, a hybrid or fully renewable energy generation system that completely or partially um, replaces the, the in-place, the incumbent um, fossil fuel generated or powered uh, plants and generation and then combine it with something like storage um, and again look at several renewable plus maybe a backup conventional generation put then intelligence on top yeah that's where mm -hmm. our microgrid control or management systems uh, come in place and then look at how do i in, in, ensure resilience security of supply, optimize my CO2 footprint and the cost at the end of the day. And that is a tremendous change between or from 24-7 running, for example, on, on heavy diesel fuel to running 80-90% on renewable, just on solar and on wind. And that mm -hmm. makes a big impact and that scales island by island. And I think that's a great example, tangible, where everybody will see and understand that this helps. And the second example, a bit shorter maybe, is um, we're working with a partner who specialized in, um, in uh, providing mining industry, the mining business, 
with uh, hybrid uh, generation solutions to also mm -hmm. use their carbon footprint and at the same time not compromise on their um, independence or security of supply because of course such an, an operation needs to also have security of supply and, and the large machines need to keep running because there's it's a, it, a very strong economic business case also behind it but also here if you just cut it by 50 percent 60 70 percent which is possible with uh, the solar uh, solar pv uh, technology we have in place with some wind with battery uh, storage or other storage in place combining in that with a backup fossil generation that tremendously improves the the footprint the the co2 footprint of such such installations as well yeah absolutely and already with both of those two examples you step into that last point that you mentioned around independence because independence yeah. is is not only uh, talking about resilience and ensuring that you're not so reliant on others that maybe don't value you as highly depending on what's required, but it also gives you freedom to, to make choices. Correct. Ha give, give us a little bit of insight around independence, a little bit more detail on some of the different aspects from that perspective. Yeah. I mean, here I think uh, strongest, although also the sustainability portion is a very emotional one. I think we all know it uh, because either you believe in our impact on nature and on the environment or people tell us well there is no climate change and we can do what we want so this is really emotional this is where you you can't i have such discussion with some part of my family sometimes and i can tell you this is not rational <laughs> anymore and i get very uh, very excited then as well because i'm more of the fraction i say we need to do and really act uh, strongly on on it um, but uh, the yeah. same on independence. Some people say, um, I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea that if I'm, if I'm an, 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 um, a homeowner or if we are a small village or a community to say, actually, we're completely independent. We have we harvest what, what nature gives us and we use it and we can even create business cases by feeding back or providing some services to the utilities for grid stability and so on. And that I think is, is, is an interesting aspect and it comes in different shades, right? And um, I think it's not to be underestimated, especially in this world where today everybody knows everything. Basically everything is possible. We, I think we live in a world where we, we believe and a lot of cases, in many cases it's true, technology enables us to do everything live our dreams if they're real or or just you know a, a virtual it doesn't matter but a lot is possible and that's where i think this emotional aspect comes in the other portion which is more more down to earth it's it's called it independent or um or or at the end it's just also how do we improve the the quality of life of of, of people of, mm -hmm. of society I, some example I, I didn't mention before because it's maybe a bit of a different category. Uh, we also have a few cases, examples, and, and there's many other people who help, I think, other other um, communities to get to that stage is um, uh, is when you are in an off-grid environment. Like you have some villages mm -hmm. that are so remote that have not had electricity before. There was not a, an individual diesel plant there. They were living and going to um, uh, to ponds, wells uh, to get their water. Uh, they didn't have electricity. Um, people, uh, kids couldn't learn at night um, because they didn't have light bulbs and so on. Um, and I think this is examples where you say instead of putting a lot of money and a lot of, at the end, again, natural resources into building grid connections uh, to very remote places. Maybe also you would say the, the critical mass is not there, neither economically, also environmentally, it's questionable to put a line to something very remote. But then this now gives us the opportunity in a very 
a reasonable environmental footprint creating um, value for people and also independence uh, because they're able to generate their own electricity and then get all these advantages, uh, let alone imagine a refrigeration, right, to keep food safe and fresh for longer. And I think, again, it's, it's so tangible, so real. And that's what today mm. the technology and where we have, have moved over the last decades now as humanity, I think, open great opportunities. And, and for me, this is what I associate to this, this aspect of independence. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, what I really like about the last, uh, you know, last five or six minutes when we've talked around these key benefits. So we talked about efficiency, sustainability, resilience, independence. We really covered a huge scope between, you know, really you know, cost savings and energy savings for a business, uh, you know, driven also with sustainability for decarbonisation, that resilience to make sure that you have the confidence, the, the the capability to continue to operate as a business or even as a society. Uh, and then right through to, you know, this last piece we were talking about independence, which is not also, not only just a piece of this business model, but also can be a really life-changing situation for a particular community because, you know, when we talk about energy, it's not so much the electricity that we get if we think it about our homes, but it's what we do with it and what we're, we're enabled to do, um, you know, access to information and healthcare and all of these different things that, that kind of give us the life that, that many of us are used to at the moment. Um, you mentioned just before, you know, that emotional conversation when we talk about decarbonisation, when we talk about energy efficiency, and and the the challenge that we have as a society, as a as a as a, a globe, let's call it, to yeah. to really address this challenge with climate change, and driven by decarbonisation and sustainability and energy efficiency, we have some some difficult goals to reach. Mm -hmm. my, one of my last questions is. You know, you've talked a little bit about some of the technologies. When we yep. when we talk about grid edge, you know, we've talked about the topics. You talked around, uh, you know, PV, so photo photovoltaic, uh, so solar panels. We talk about wind power, so renewable energies, um, energy storage, mm -hmm. hybrid generation, uh, distribution technology, and automation. What? Why is it so important? What? Why is the pressure on time now? And and what's different? What what is, enables us to really achieve and make a difference today that maybe we couldn't do ten years, twenty years ago? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, as as we started, I think the sustainability um, importance has increased so much, and it's in many as in many cases in change uh, processes, it's a mindset question. And I think probably also mm -hmm. 10, 15 years ago, we, we would have been able to do a lot of things, but uh, we were not mentally ready. And when I say we, mm -hmm. I speak about humans, right? Humanity, if you look yep. at scale, right? We talk about like scale now. I think that is the biggest change that has happened. And on the other hand, um, of course, you know, it's easy to talk about the nice things when they're abstract and it doesn't touch me personally. At the end, if I, uh, as a user, um, need to personally put something on the table or maybe refrain on certain things or, or say no and reduce on whatever, it was, it's difficult. Yeah? It's more difficult to say I need to pay a lot more money to basically get the same service that now is a bit more green. Uh, isn't it easier to just put a few cool tweets out and say, yeah, I'm all for it, but when it touches me, myself, then um, let, let, let better let someone else do do it, right? And, and then everybody yeah. benefits. 
And I think that changed the, 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 the PV module prices came down so much, the, the storage prices go down so much, mm-hmm. uh, the, the automation scaled so much, right? Because there's, there's more and more demand for it. So we can scale on the solution, it becomes more economic. So I think all of that helps that the economical barrier which I think if we're honest to ourselves as humans always exists. I think we're, we're, we're champions in, in, in speaking nice words. We're sometimes not so good in, in making it happen because there's, there's always at the back of our minds, there's the, the builds that are there and we count them and, and it matters. And so I think that that happened over the past decade strongly that the, the, the threshold, the entry barrier has decreased tremendously. And mm. these things coming together and while I would even say that this mindset, this readiness thing that we say, it really matters now. There is no talking around it anymore. More and more people believe in it. More science supports it and people see it. When you go out and you travel, you see how we are consuming resource and how we have an impact. And I think that's the main driver. And then supported by that lower entry barrier, I think that's how, how things are speeding up now. Yeah, perfect. And and it's that speed that's really the key, isn't it? Because yeah. if we are going to meet the expectations that we've set for ourselves, but also the expectations that we know now from the science we need to meet, yeah. it's not an option, it's yeah. required. It's the speed that really matters. Uh, Robert, thank you so much for the conversation today. It's great. I hope it's not the last one because I feel like we covered a lot of different things. And for each of these things, there, there is a, a lot more detail and a lot more knowledge to look at. But uh, But thank you so much for the time and for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me, Ton. It's an absolute pleasure. And then to everyone else that's also listening, thank you for joining us. Remember to like, share, comment this episode, subscribe to us wherever you're listening or watching us uh, and look out for new episodes every time. Every week we have something new for you and hopefully there'll be some more with Robert around Grid Edge at some point in the future as well. So thank you very much and we'll see you soon.